Hey everyone, it's Storytime with Aussie Dad, and today we're going to continue reading The Enchanted Wood from the Faraway Tree series. Chapter 13, Moonface Gets Into Trouble. The children didn't really feel that they wanted to go to any of the lands at the top of the Faraway Tree for a little while. It was a bit too exciting to climb through the clouds and see what was above them. But they did want to see their friends in the tree, especially dear old Moonface. So the very next time they had a day to themselves, they set off through the enchanted wood to the faraway tree. There was no rope to guide them this time. It was only at night that the rope was swung through the bows to help the wood folk up and down. The children began to climb up. Every door and window in the tree seemed shut today, and not a soul was about. It was quite dull climbing up the tree. Even when they reached Silky's house, that was shut too, and they couldn't hear Silky singing or anything. They knocked, but there was no answer. So on they went up to Moonfaces, keeping a good lookout for Mother Washalot's dirty water that comes swishing down on them, but not even her water appeared that day. It all seemed very quiet and peaceful. They reached Moonface's house at the top of the tree and rapped at his door. Nobody opened. But inside, they could quite well hear somebody crying. It was very mysterious. It doesn't sound like Moonface, said Fanny, puzzled. Let's go in and see who it is. So they opened a door and went in, and it was Silky, sitting in the corner, crying bitterly. Whatever's the matter? cried Joe. And where's old Moonface? asked Fanny. Oh dear, sobbed Silky. Moonface has been thrown up into some dreadfully queer land at the top of the faraway tree because he was rude to Mr. What's-his-name down below. What? That old man who's always sitting in the chair and snoring, said Bessie, remembering that they hadn't seen him that day. Whatever did Moonface do? Oh, he was very naughty, wept Silky. So was I. You see, we heard Mr. What's-his-name snoring as usual, and we crept up to him and saw that his mouth was wide open, and, oh dear, we popped a handful of acorns into it, and when he woke up he spluttered and popped, and then he caught sight of us hiding behind a branch. Goodness! Did you really dare to do such a naughty thing? cried Bessie. No wonder he was angry. Moonface is dreadfully bad sometimes, said Silky, wiping her eyes. He makes me naughty too. Well... We ran away up the tree to Moonface's house. I got in safely, but Moonface didn't, and Mr. What's-His-Name caught hold of him and threw him right through the hole in the clouds into the land that is there today. Good gracious! Well, can he get back? said Fanny in alarm. He can climb down the ladder, surely back into the tree. Yes, he could, said Silky, but you see... Mr. What's-His-Name is sitting on the ladder ready to catch him, spank him and throw him back. So what's the use of that? What land is up there today? asked Joe. The land of the old saucepan man, said Silky. He lives there in his cottage with his pots and pans and is quite harmless. But, you see, Mr. What's-His-Name will sit on the ladder till the land swings around and another one comes. Then Moonface won't be able to get back and he may be lost forever. Oh dear, said Joe in dismay, and the girls stared at Silky in despair, for they were very fond of old Moonface now. Isn't there anything we can do? asked Joe at last. Well, there's just one hope, said Silky, fluffing out her lovely golden hair. 
The old saucepan man is a great friend of Mr. Watsy's names. If he knew his lamb was at the top of the faraway tree today, he might come along and have a cup of tea with Mr. Watsy's name, and then Moonface could slip down the ladder back here. Ah, oh, said the children, and looked at one another. They could quite well see that this meant one or all of them going up that ladder again and getting into another queer land. I'll go, said Bessie. After all, Moonface helped us last time. We must help him now. We'll all three go, said Joe. So they set off up the topmost branch to the little ladder. There they found Mr. What's-His-Name sitting, reading his newspaper and smoking an enormous pipe that sent clouds of smoke out of the hole in the clouds. Please, can we pass? asked Bessie timidly. No, you can't, said Mr. What's-His-Name rudely. Well, we've got to, said Joe, so if we tread on your feet, you must excuse us. Mr. What's-His-Name simply wouldn't move. He really was a very cross old man. He slapped each of the children as they squeezed past him, and they were very glad when they had climbed through the hole and were in the land above. So this is the land of the saucepan man, said Fanny, when they were standing on the grass safely. What a funny little land! It was. It was an island floating in what seemed a sea of white. It really wasn't much bigger than a large field. Bessie went to the edge and looked over. Gracious, she said in alarm. It's like a cliff. And the sea is a big white cloud. Don't go too near the edge, anybody. It wouldn't be nice to fall off. Hi, hi, suddenly yelled an excited voice. They turned round and saw Moonface waving to them and running hard towards them. Hi, how did you get here? Hello, we came to see what we could do for you, said Joe. We heard what had happened. Old Mr. What's-His-Name is sitting on the ladder still waiting for you. But Silky says this is the land of the saucepan man who is a great friend of Mr. What's-His-Name's, so we've come to see him and ask him if he'll go and have tea with his friend. Then you can slip down safely and go home. Oh, good, said Moonface joyfully. I didn't know what land this was, and goodness me, I was quite afraid of falling off it. It's so small. Where do you suppose the old saucepan man lives? I can't imagine, said Joe, looking round. All he could see was a very large stretch of grass, with no house and nobody at all in sight. Where in the world could the saucepan man live? We'll have to go carefully all round this funny little land, said Bessie. His house must be somewhere. But we'd better hurry, for you never know when the land will swing away from the faraway tree, and we don't want to live in this queer little place forever. They began to walk round the land. Presently they came to a cliff that was not quite so steep as the others. They peered over it. Joe pointed to some things stuck in the cliff. Whatever are those, he said. They look like some sort of steps down the cliffside, said Bessie. They're saucepans, said Fanny suddenly. Yes, saucepans, with their handles stuck firmly into the cliff and the pan part to tread on. How queer! Well... This must be the way down to the saucepan man's house, said Joe excited. Come on, be careful girls or you may fall and roll right over the edge of this land. So very carefully they began to climb down the cliff, treading on the saucepan stuck into the earth. It really was rather funny. They got down at last and then they heard a very curious noise indeed. It was the sound of crashings and bangings and clatterings and clangings. The children were quite alarmed. The noise is coming from just round the corner, said Joe. They crept very cautiously to the corner 
and peeped round. There they saw a crooked little house with a saucepan for a chimney. The noise came from inside the house. The children crept to the window and looked in. And inside they saw the strangest little man they had ever seen dancing the strangest dance. He had saucepans and kettles hung all over him. He wore a saucepan for a hat and he crashed two saucepans together as he danced. Do you think he is dangerous? said Joe in a whisper. Chapter 14. The Funny Old Saucepan Man I don't think he's at all dangerous, said Fanny. He has quite a kind face. Let's tap at the window, said Bessie. So she tapped, but the saucepan man took no notice. He just went on dancing away, crashing his saucepans together. Joe tapped loudly. The saucepan man caught sight of him at the window and looked most astonished. He stopped dancing and went to the door. Come in and dance, said he. Oh, no thank you, said Joe. We've just come to ask you out to tea. Ask me for a bee, said the saucepan man, looking surprised. I'm so sorry, but I don't keep bees, only saucepans. Not bees, said Joe, to ask you out to tea. But I don't want to go to sea, said the saucepan man. I don't like the water at all. Never did. Very kind of you, I'm sure, but I hate the sea. Not the sea, but tea, 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 cried Joe. Oh, tea, said the saucepan man. Well, why didn't you say that before? Then I should have understood. I did say it before, said poor Joe. What? Shut the door, said the saucepan man. Certainly, if you want to, give it a push. He can't hear very well, said Fanny. He must be deaf. No, I'm not said the saucepan man, hearing perfectly all of a sudden. Not a bit deaf. Only sometimes when my saucepans have been crashing round me rather a lot, I get noises in my ears afterwards, but I'm not deaf. I'm glad of that, said Joe politely. Cat? No, I haven't got a cat, said the saucepan man, looking all around. Did you see one? I didn't say anything about the cat, said Joe patiently. You did. I heard you, said the saucepan man, vexed. I don't encourage cats. I keep mice instead. I shall look for that cat. And then, with his saucepans clanging round him, he began to look for a cat that certainly wasn't there. Puss, 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 he called. Puss, puss, puss. There's no cat in your house, shouted Moonface. Mouse? Where did you see a mouse? said the old man, alarmed. I wouldn't like one of my mice to be caught by your cat. I tell you, we haven't got a cat, cried Joe, feeling quite cross. We've come to tell you about your friend, Mr. What's-His-Name. For a wonder, the saucepan man heard Joe, and he at once stopped looking for the cat. Mr. What's-His-Name, he cried. Where is he? He's a great friend of mine. Well, wouldn't you like to go and have tea with him then, said Joe. Yes, certainly I would, said the saucepan man. Please, tell me where he is. He's sitting on the ladder leading from the faraway tree to your land, shouted Joe. He's waiting there. Yes, for me, said Moonface in a whisper. Shh, said Fanny. The saucepan man gave a yell of joy when he heard where his old friend was, and he set off for the cliff, shouting in delight. Hurrah! I've come to the faraway tree, and I can see my friends again, and Mr. What's-His-Name is waiting for me to have tea with him. Come on, come on! Up the cliff he went, 
treading on the saucepan steps, his own saucepans and kettles rattling and banging all around him. The children and Moonface followed. The saucepan man ran helter-skelter to the hole that led down to the topmost branch of the faraway tree, dropping a few saucepans on the way. When he got there, he peered down and saw Mr. What's-His-Name sitting on the ladder, watching for Moonface. But the saucepan man didn't know that, of course. He thought that his friend was waiting for him. Hoi, hoi, hoi! he yelled, dropping a saucepan on top of Mr. What's-His-Name in his excitement. Hoi, old friend! Mr. What's-His-Name watched the saucepan bouncing off his foot down the branch of the faraway tree and wondered who it would hit. He looked up in amazement when he heard his friend's shouts. Saucepan, he yelled. Dear old Saucepan, fancy seeing you. Glue, said the Saucepan man, suddenly hearing all wrong again. Glue? No, I've not got glue with me, but I can soon make some for you. Still the same silly old Saucepan, aren't you? cried Mr. What's-His-Name. Come down here. I didn't say anything about glue. Come and have a cup of tea with me. The kettle's boiling. I uh, don't want oiling, said the saucepan man, though he really sounded as if he did. He was so full of clangs and clatters. I'll come and have tea and talk with you. Hurrah! He put his foot on the ladder, but unfortunately he stepped on a kettle that had got round his leg, and down he went. Clatter, bang, crash, smash, clang. Mr. What's-His-Name caught at him as he went past, and down he went too, rolling off the ladder, down the branch, past Moonface's door, and down the tree. There they go, said Moonface in delight, all mixed up with kettles and saucepans. What a joke! They'll give the old mother washerlot a fright if they fall into her washtub. The children laughed till they cried. The old saucepan man was really so funny, and they couldn't imagine what people on the tree would think as he rolled down with such a clanging and banging. It's quite safe to go down now, said Joe, peering down the ladder. They've disappeared. I shouldn't wonder if they're at the bottom of the tree by now. Come on, Moonface. So down the ladder they all went, slid down the topmost branch, and opened Moonface's door. Silky was still there, looking scared out of her life. She gave a scream of joy when she saw them. Why are you looking so frightened? asked Moonface, giving her a hug. Oh, goodness, a thunderbolt or something fell out of the sky just now and rolled crashing down the tree, said Silky. Ah, oh, that was only the saucepan man and Mr. What's-His-Name, said Joe, laughing, and he told her the whole story. Silky laughed till her sides ached. She ran out of the door and peeped down the tree. Look, she said, pointing. Can you see far down there between the branches? They all looked, and they saw Mr. What's-His-Name and the old saucepan man climbing painfully up to Mr. What's-His-Name's home, both talking together at the top of their voices. They've forgotten all about us, said Joe joyfully. Now, for goodness sake, Moonface, don't go putting acorns in the What's-His-Name's mouth again. Let's have something to eat, and then we must go home down your slippery slip. So they all five sat round Moonface's funny room and ate some pop biscuits that Silky fetched and drank Acornade, which was made of acorns and was most delicious. Then it was time for the children to go, and they chose cushions, sat at the top of the big tree slide, pushed off and flew down the inside of the tree, sliding round and round and round till they shot out of the trapdoor at the bottom onto the cushion of moss. Then they ran home as fast as they could, for they were late. I expect the old saucepan man's gone back to his queer little lamb by now, said Joe, as they turned in at their gate. But he hadn't. He came to see them the very next day, 
his saucepans clanging so loudly that Mother looked quite alarmed. "'Whoever in the world is that?' she said as the saucepan man came in at the gate. Chapter 15. The Saucepan Man Goes to the Wrong Land Mother and the children stared at the queer old saucepan man as he came in at the gate. He wore an extra-large-sized saucepan for a hat, and as he came, he knocked two pans together and sang a queer nonsense song that went like this. Two beans for a pudding, two cherries for a pie, two legs for a table with a high to the high. At the last high, he banged on the door with the saucepan. Mother opened it. Don't make such a noise, she said. No, I haven't seen any boys, said the saucepan man, and he clashed his pans together so loudly that Mother jumped. Then he caught sight of the children and waved to them eagerly. Oh, there you are! Moonface told me where you lived. Whoever is he? said Mother in wonder. Children, is this queer old man all right? Ah, oh, yes, said Joe, hoping that Mother wouldn't ask them too many questions. Can we take him into the garden and talk to him, Mother? He makes such a noise indoors. Very well, said Mother, who wanted to get on with her washing. Take him along. A song, said the saucepan man obligingly. Did you say you wanted the song, madam? He began to sing again and crashed his pans in time to his song. Two pigs for the pantry, two shoes for the horse, two hats for the tigers, pink ones, of course. The children hustled him out into the back garden. That's a very, very silly song of yours, said Bessie loudly, right in his ear. What's it called? It hasn't got a name, said the saucepan man. I make it up as I go along. It's quite easy. Every line but the last one begins with the word two. I'm sorry, you think it's silly? He looked rather offended. Then suddenly he smiled again and said, I've come to ask you all to tea in my cottage. Will Mr. What's-His-Name be there? asked Joe, who wasn't at all anxious to meet him again. Yes, you'd better brush your hair, said the saucepan man, looking at Joe's untidy hair. I said, will Mr. What's-His-Name be there? said Joe loudly. Something in the air, said the saucepan man, and he looked up anxiously. Not a thunderstorm, you don't mean? No, I certainly don't mean a thunderstorm, said Joe with a groan. Yes, we'll come. We must ask Mother first. Mother said they could go, though she still didn't very much like the look of the old saucepan man. Good day, she said to him as he went off with the children. He really was a most peculiar sight, but he had such a twinkly sort of face that the three children couldn't help liking him and trusting him. They soon came to the faraway tree and saw that Moonface had thought of a marvellous idea. He had borrowed Mother Washalot's biggest washing basket and let it down on a rope. Then, as soon as they were all safely in it, he and Silky meant to haul them up, to save them the long, long climb. That's a really good idea, said Joe, delighted. They all climbed in. It was a bit difficult to get the saucepan man in too, but they managed at last, though he seemed to find it most uncomfortable to sit on his saucepans. Up we go, shouted Joe, as the basket swung upwards through the branches. It ran very smoothly, and the children enjoyed the strange ride. At last they came to a big branch and stepped out on it. It was quite near Moonface's house at the top. Moonface was there, winding up the rope, a grin on his big shining face. How'd you like that? he asked. The saucepan man looked at him anxiously. Cat, he said. Another cat? Dear me, I hope it won't escape in my land. I've got my mice there. Now he'll go looking for cats again, said Bessie. And sure enough, the saucepan man began to peer here and there, calling, Puss, puss, puss. Never mind him, said Moonface. Go on up the ladder. He wants you to go to tea with him in his funny saucepan house. 
Come on, saucepan man, called Joe. If you want us to come to tea, we'd better go. The saucepan man heard. He stopped looking for cats and ran up the ladder. With a bound, he was through the hole in the cloud and right above. And no sooner had he gone the other side than he began to yell, Oh, oh, ha, woo, woo! The children listened in alarm. Whatever's the matter with him, said Joe. Crash, bang, clang, smash. He sounds as if he's rolling about on all these kettles and saucepans, said Bessie. What can he be doing? Oh, ho! shouted the saucepan man above them. Stop it! Ow, stop it! Somebody must be attacking him, cried Joe. He leapt up the ladder. Come on, everyone. We'll soon send any enemies off. He shot up the ladder, followed by Bessie, Fanny and Moonface. They all clambered through the hole in the clouds and stood in the land above. But oh my goodness me, it was no longer the land of the saucepan man, that tiny little cloud-edged country. It was another land altogether. My land's gone, shrieked the saucepan man. I didn't know it had. This is somewhere else. Oh! No wonder he said, oh. The bit of flat field he was standing on suddenly gave a shiver like a jelly, and then just as suddenly tipped itself up so that it made a hill. The saucepan man rolled down at a top speed, all his pans clattering like milk churns on the railway station. This is rocking land, said Moonface in dismay. Quick, come back to the ladder and get down the hole before we have forgotten where it is. Hi, saucepan man, come over here to us. Bus, did you say? shouted back the saucepan man, picking himself up and looking round. I can't see a bus. I'd like to catch one. Come here to us, to us, to us, shouted Joe in despair. The hole through the clouds is here. We must get back again quickly. The saucepan man began to run downhill to them, but the ground all around suddenly tipped backwards, and he and the children and Moonface found themselves running downhill away from the hole in the clouds where the precious ladder was. They tried to stop. They tried to walk back up the southern hill, but the land tipped up all the more, and at last they couldn't stand up but had to lie down. Then they began to roll downhill. How they rolled over and over and over, with the saucepan man making a frightful clatter with all his pans. Oh, ow, cried everyone. We've lost the hole, shouted Joe, but before he could say any more, he bumped into a bush that knocked all the breath out of him. Soon, everyone lay in a heap at the bottom of the hill and tried to get back their breath. Now we're in a fix, said Bessie, dusting herself. What a very tiresome land to have gotten into. Does it do this sort of thing all the time, Moonface? Oh yes, said Moonface. It never stops. It heaves up here and sinks down there and rocks to and fro and gives sudden little jerks. People do say there's a giant just underneath trying to throw the land off his back. Ah, And that's the end of the story. Alright, thanks for listening.